In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and on this episode of This Song, we'll be hearing from Britt Daniel and Alex Fischel of Spoon. But before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode comes out on the first day of the Spring Pledge Drive here at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast. And we only get to make this podcast because you and folks like you all band together and support our public radio station. So please, if you have a sec, head over to KUTX.org and become a member. I promise it'll make you feel rad. Now, back to Spoon. We spoke during South by Southwest, which is this massive music and film and interactive festival that takes over Austin, Texas, like every March. And Spoon released their new excellent record, Hot Thoughts, on the Friday of the music part of South by Southwest after playing a three-night stand at this club called The Main, which used to be the old location of a much beloved club here in Austin called Emo's. For three nights, Spoon played there, and they called it Eno's because their drummer's name is Jim Eno. And it really felt like this year's festival was very much about Spoon. They were like everywhere playing and doing press and radio. And as a fan of the band and an Austinite, like this band is an Austin band and we here in Austin have extreme pride for the music and bands that are birthed in our fair city. Well, as a fan of the band, Spoon South by Southwest was just really cool. I got to talk to lead singer and songwriter and guitar player Britt Daniel and multi-instrumentalist Alex Fischel at the very end of their very long week. Like, my interview with them was the last thing they did. The second to last thing they did was play the morning broadcast slash party that KUTX throws during South by Southwest at the Four Seasons. And the full band is a five-piece, but that Saturday morning, they just played as a duo, just Britt and Alex. And it was really a lovely way to see Spoon at the end of my own very long week. Like I spoke about this in the last episode, the South by Southwest wrap-up episode, but seeing those songs stripped down, it like helped recontextualize them for me and shift my perspective. And I always like that. Afterwards, I spoke to Britt and Alex about the sounds and the songs on Hot Thoughts. So here they are, Britt Daniel and Alex Fischel of Spoon. There were a lot of songs that we've referenced on, on while making this last record. One of the ones, I had just gone to see Bruce Springsteen at Barclays Center, and which was amazing. It was like a big out. It had the vibe of a big outdoor b- afternoon barbecue. You know, it didn't look like an outdoor barbecue, but just the vibe was very much like a everybody. It's a party, you know, and it's very it's so um, unpretentious, you know. 
Like the boss himself. Yes, the, sh- the show was very unpretentious. He's unpretentious. Um, you know, they, they got up there and sh- shook their butts at one point, little, did a little dance kind of thing. So, stuff you would never see at a, a, a rock show where people are trying to be cool, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was like a, uh, that's why I say it felt like a barbecue. I don't know why. That, that was crossing my mind at the time. And one of the things that, I, that stood out for me was how on so many uh, of those songs, um, you get to the, the saxophone, you get to the solo section, and the saxophone takes it way up into another level. It's like uh, there's a, a lot of energy in the song to begin with, and you get to the saxophone. <laughs> You know, it's just like above and beyond where the energy level had been before. And, and it's it's got to be specifically the notes and where they relate to the chord and the energy that he's playing it with, etc. So I, you know, there's a, several songs. The, the, the main song we referenced was called, uh, was on... Uh, ties, song. ties the Bind? Yeah. And it was for Whisper, uh, I'll listen to Yeah, here. yeah. For the guitar solo on that. Because we had a little... Pot section that we knew we wanted to have an instrumental there, but we hadn't figured out what yet. Right. And you emailed me saying, "Why don't we try something like Bruce Bruce Springsteen sax style solo, like ties the vine." Mentioned the wipers. You also did mention but, the wipers, but it was definitely yes. the energy level. Yeah, so like you wanted, we wanted it to kind of like skyrocket. So that's like the guitar set, your guitar solo section on that song is kind of coming from there, where it just kind of takes over. So how how was it executing that on guitar? Like, was it an easy translation, or or when it actually got down to like doing it, did uh, it take some figuring out? It took a little bit of figuring out, but like that vibe, definitely, I was like, oh. For sure, I get exactly what you're saying. And with the Wipers reference to it, definitely put it in more of a guitar context. Um, so we were at uh, Dave Fridman's when that came up, and I think I recorded like you wrote two different two, options. Maybe so, but I, I remember there being two that you really right. liked. There was two that, that were two solos that were good to go, I thought, and we ended up uh, combining both of them into one solo, so I redid it, combining two of them. That's what you hear. you like as far as like musically speaking to each other is 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 this how you guys do it's it? one way to do That's it definitely a, a way to communicate yeah because it's a, it's a concrete way of explaining something instead of being like oh i'm imagining it's like a train that's breaking down that can mean so many different things to different people so this is like this is what i'm feeling this is what it sounds like to me what do you think I don't you know i don't think that every song is going to have some kind of reference point like that but every now and then something will happen like that Barclays show where I'm you know really struck by some particular facet of some arrangement or song or uh, instrumentation or something 
when you were at this Bruce Springsteen show and you kind of realized what they were doing with the with the saxophone, was it like a intellectual understanding of what they were doing, or were you like kind of feeling like it was an emotional emotional like thing, yeah. It? Um, it, emotional, but then I think, okay, why am I feeling this emotion? And it's you know, it's just kind of hits you all at once, you know. Were there any other songs that kind of informed this record? Like any other songs or sounds or? I remember telling you to, I always, I remember telling you to uh, have at your disposal some sounds some like s- the Dr. Dre. Uh, uh, clippy, funky yeah. sound. I forget what song it's from. Big Egos for one thing. Right. That's that's one of them. Right. But just that sort of hip hop. Uh, right. Which has a delay on it and that kind of thing. When you guys talk about songs, then like you write the songs and you bring them in, and then at that point, do you have like a thematic discussion about what it's like, or is it mostly sounds? Is it like a sound discussion? Because it's more just like how can we make this the best song it can be? I feel like but we don't talk about the lyrics, right? It's, it's personal. About? I mean, I will. I'll say. Uh, what lyrics do you guys think need to change right. on an early draft? Which which ones aren't hitting you right? Right. And usually no one says anything, and then I'll go write another draft, and then Jim will say, oh, I really liked that one that you changed. You got to go back to that. <laughs> well, you phrase it, which one should I change, not which one should I keep. Right. So. Well, he doesn't, uh, yeah. But then I change. Just defending him. <laughs> <laughs> Is the process of writing or like getting a song to a finished point do you guys have to come to a consensus about this, about like what it is? I mean, everyone kind of just knows. I feel yeah. like. you, you kind of just feel it. We'll say, well, that one's sounding good. Yeah. Or that one needs work. Exactly. Or I thought that one was sounding good. What happened? Yeah, exactly. That that <laughs> one, that one, I'm all too familiar with. Yeah. Where you, you think you're done and then you leave it alone for a sec and then you come back and you're like, ooh, no, 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 no. Like, is it a thing that you guys have been playing so long together that like when you? when it is good you all kind of just know i don't think that there's been many disagreements where i'm like that sounds awesome and someone says no that sucks yeah i don't think that's ever really happened um i mean so what do you think makes a successful song like you hear something like bruce springsteen or prince and you obviously you want to move people the way that people have moved you mm -hmm. like that's kind of the point what are the indicators of a successful it just makes you feel good and i think it's just a matter of just um feeling good and to me the way you really know is you put it aside don't listen to it for a day the longer you spend away from it the more you can be sure of what is working and what isn't working when you listen back to it fresh and so if I haven't listened to it for a a few days and I come back and listen to it and there's nothing that I can like shoot holes in and if it's making me feel you know excited and proud and like I want to play this for people then yeah that's good it's just a it's just a knowing thing you know yeah. I feel like the last record, They Want My Soul, there was almost like an imperative there to like go places that you hadn't been before and like use textures that you hadn't used before. Was there something that you wanted to do with this record? Did it have anything to do with that moment? Like hearing that that saxophone, like to have the songs have this kind of like out of nowhere energy increase or... I think that you're right that the last record had some, some textures that we hadn't um, used before, some instrumentation. Um, Inside Out was probably my favorite song on the last record. And I think that that, if anything, we didn't, we didn't, 
people are always asking us what was your what was your direction what was your idea but i i don't think we ever very rarely would we discuss that directly but um and we definitely didn't discuss inside out but i think that that sort of informed right. the process because we we all love that song so much and then we knew it was new ground and uh, so I, I feel like maybe this new record sort of took off from there as a starting point you know that was the song where alex has what three solos we've never had that many <laughs> solos in a, in a spoon song before it's very atmospheric atmospherics but also still be a rock record right now it seems like you guys are totally well not totally but you're very sound oriented i mean everyone kind of thinks about music differently and some people are really into lyrics and some people are really into melody and some people are just sat like sound oriented and that that to me is always the most interesting thing because sound is so like apart from lyrics and melody sound has a way to move people and i don't really understand how it does, you know what I mean? Like it moves people on a level beneath kind mm-hmm. of what we intellectually understand. Mm-hmm. So my, my question for you guys is like, do you have theories as to how that works or, or why that is? Because I don't under really understand how like waves moving through air can transmit emotion. I don't but understand I don't either, really. but I complete, I totally agree with you. I think sa- sounds move me the, the most when I'm listening to a record not to say that lyrics aren't important but for me that's what i'm that's what really gets to me and not to sound pretentious i hope this doesn't sound pretentious but like it could be the same thing like when you're on a hike and you hear like the wind or a waterfall or something like that it can affect you emotionally and it's i think it can be the same in in music and i don't know why that is but it is well it's uh, I think it's the same principle it's just, it's audio and I think for for whatever reason we don't understand um audio has a more direct um line to the emotions um maybe the those two parts of the brain are are sitting real close to each other or something you know that's my best guess that's a good words guess. words maybe have to they have to go through through two processes where you have to understand it on an intellectual level before you can process it emotionally and maybe a sound just goes directly uh, to emotions it reminds me of how david bowie said something like um uh, everything i want to say is in the chords and melodies everything he, mean, he means not the lyrics the lyrics are just there to tie it all together do you feel the same way about lyrics or similarly yeah i i feel i feel the chords and melodies first yeah and i mean yeah lyrics are important but it has for me it has to have the, the chords and the melodies to to affect the emotion part
And this is Hot Thoughts from Spoon's new record, Hot Thoughts. And knowing how sound-oriented these guys are, I mean, it makes their music make more sense to me. Like, they have musical interludes, like the one you're hearing below me right now. Like, not quite a solo, but like a musical interlude. Like, all over their work. And it makes sense that, like, if sound is where you live then you would have as much just like sound as possible in your songs. After our conversation, I just kept thinking about this question that I always have, like how does sound transmit emotion? And like you may have noticed, I'm always trying to ask people why they think it does that and scratch the surface. But like after talking to these two, I became even more obsessed with the question. Like a couple of things struck me. The first thing that really got me was Alex talking about the sound of the wind and relating that to musical sound. And it struck me because just a day before Alex Moss of the Black Angels, he had like almost said that exact same thing. But I, I'd never thought of it before. Like I'd never correlated our reactions to natural sound and musical sound. And never kind of seen how they're essentially the same thing. Like I'd always kind of compartmentalized them, but now I'm beginning to see what a false distinction that is. And and then the day after I spoke to Britt and Alex, I was at a terror pigeon show at the Museum of Human Achievement, which is like my favorite place to see music and art in Austin. And I started talking to the artist in residence there, Lauren Klein. She, she does a lot of work with the visual representation of sound and I was asking this question, like, how does sound transmit emotion? And she pointed out how physical sound is, like the waves moving through the air. They like physically interact with our bodies. So our reactions, they're not just mental, but they're also somatic. They're bodily as well. And like, I'd really always thought of sound as just like a mental thing a brain thing, something that happened inside of our head. But like, again, that's really a false distinction, right? Like another one just now wrapping my brain around. I mean, I'm definitely still processing all of this and always thinking about it. So if you have any ideas why sound affects us so powerfully, then go ahead and write me at this song at ktx.org or tweet me at the song ktx. I love thinking about this. I love talking about it. Yeah, it's just my jam right now. I want to thank both Britt and Alex for talking to me. Those guys were understandably exhausted and were totally good sports. And I will post a link to the Spoon performance from our KTX Live at the Four Seasons show on the show notes page for this episode because it really is worth it to listen to these songs played that way. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen, with help from Jackie Fuller, Peter Babb, and Kelly Seal. The interview was recorded by me. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. She does a great job. You should check it out. Our handle is at this song KTX. Kelly Seal is our most excellent intern. You should check out her project, Keep Music Weird. Natalie Gaona is our marketing intern. 
Thanks to Didrigat and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true. Our theme song is Mahout. Mahout. Whatever. By Austin's own hard proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at thissongktx. You can like us on Facebook, and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. And if you're there, we would really love a rating or a review. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.